Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. The onset of COVID-19 led to a major shift towards telemedicine. However, many older adults may find this shift difficult. A recent study explored the impact on this population, and here to discuss those results is one of the study's authors, Dr. Ken Lamb, clinical fellow at the University of California at San Francisco. Dr. Lamb, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start out. What did your study examine, and did you have any initial hypotheses when you started? Sure. Uh, the study is a descriptive study, and so we don't start with hypotheses there. We're just looking and seeking to describe what it is that we're seeing. And uh, basically, my co-authors and I were concerned that with this uh, influx, uh, with this ra- rapid adoption of telemedicine, a lot of our patients and our parents or our grandparents, for that matter, we couldn't see them necessarily being able to use that way of connecting with their doctors that readily. And so we set out to look for a data set that would help us answer this question as to how many people would not be able to connect with their doctors using a video visit, as that had initially been the way that uh, Medicare was reimbursing uh, uh, physicians for seeing their patients during COVID. Um, and so uh, what we set out to do was, again, describe, uh, describe who would have difficulty accessing their doctor via video visit. Excellent. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the data that you did look at and your methods? Yeah. So to start out, what we needed to do was try and figure out what would be a description of people who would have difficulty accessing video visits. And some of my co-authors, Amy in particular, had a lot of experience actually trying to connect with people using video visits. She had been involved in a rollout uh, for it at the VA. And she was just describing the process that uh, it requires knowledge and expertise on how to use the internet to have a device, to have uh, fast enough internet, uh, to also know how to use some of these conferencing softwares. Uh, and from a geriatric standpoint, uh, Ken Kavinsky and I were concerned that issues of social isolation, hearing impairment, and vision impairment or dementia might make it really, really hard to get online. Uh, we were also aware that, you know, say you couldn't do it yourself. You might have a family member who can set it up for you and attend the visit with you. That's often the case for some of our older patients. That might overcome some of those difficulties. So we set out to look at existing data sets that might contain all this information to start describing how often this problem might occur. The data set we landed on is one that I'm working on uh, for other projects. It's the National Health and Aging Trends Study. This is a publicly available data set sponsored by the National Institute of Aging, and it's published out of the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg School of Public Health. And essentially, it's an annual survey of Medicare beneficiaries uh, that is representative of the United States. They go out and they check in with older adults, people over the age of 65. And the framing of their survey is that as you get older, you're more likely to develop disabilities, but it doesn't just end there. You're, you're actually quite creative and it's possible that you might adapt to the scenario. So they ask questions, not just about people's function and their health, but also how they're adapting as well. So that's why we have information from there in terms of what technology people are using and uh, how their telecommunications work. 
Uh, and so we use this data set to then describe how often these problems that I just described earlier were occurring, how often people had experience using the internet or were able to have devices. Uh, and, uh, you know, alongside that, how many people also have co-occurring hearing impairment, vision impairment, dementia, et cetera. And why don't you tell us about the results of your research? Yeah, sure. Um, and so the complex survey, the complex survey interviews about 4,500 individuals in the U.S. and then they use this weighting mechanism to make sure that you can estimate how many people uh, are represented by that smaller group. And what we found that is if you expected someone to just use video visits alone, we anticipated 38% of people over the age of 65 would struggle with that. And uh, the main reason why that was the case was due to uh, um, inexperience with technology. Uh, that comprised 30% of uh, the reason, 30% uh, of the population, uh, but 20% also had some kind of physical disability. And again, we define this as difficulty hearing, difficulty communicating, difficulty seeing, and probable or possible dementia. Uh, then we said, well, if you just used a phone visit, what would you see? And here, technology-related issues wouldn't be a problem. And again, that's where that 20% becomes important, recognizing that these other disabilities would also get in the way of people connecting. And uh, I guess the real concern that we had here and the reason why we organized our study this way was everyone was moving to telemedicine so quickly, you had to rely on older data to get a sense of who wasn't being seen. Uh, we, we can't help people if, we, we don't even know if there's a problem if you can't get in touch with people. Uh, and so we were trying to find out who was missing. And uh, some of this information has actually been corroborated by a recent study uh, published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, showing at least in the VA, there's been a 30% reduction in outpatient visits, where like we, we just, like, on usually about 10 million people uh, get seen every 10 weeks. And, uh, you know, that has just it, it basically 30% of those visits have gone missing. We don't, we don't know we don't know where they've gone, but they just haven't been seen. Was there anything about uh, what you found that surprised you? Um, I think it wasn't surprising that 38% would probably have difficulty with video visits. That sort of feels in line with uh, my clinical experience, at least. Uh, when I look at my data more closely, um, one thing that is a little bit puzzling is that uh, difficulty hearing only made up 2% uh, of the population. Uh, we know that uh, clinically significant hearing impairment is much more prevalent than that. Uh, but uh, I will highlight that the survey that we used asks functional questions. The question that was answered was, if you are using your hearing aids, if you have them, do you have difficulty hearing over a telephone? And so on the one hand, it doesn't really match to sort of our clinical epidemiologic like studies of population and how often hearing how often hearing impairment occurs in older adults, but it, it does answer a very functional question as is relevant for telemedicine. Namely, these are people who say, no, I actually can't use the phone that easily. So what do you think this means for healthcare providers moving forward? Um, I think it means a couple of things. Uh, in the near term, um, I hope that people are doing a little bit more outreach to try and find people who might have fallen through the cracks, particularly of their older patients, and that they are asking geriatrics groups local to them on strategies on how they can reach out, because it is our group that often has experience doing things like home visits, because we know 
uh, that the aging process can be difficult, but we still think that it's worthwhile caring for this population. Um, so one, I just hope people are, are trying to do a little bit more outreach now that they know that some people have gone dark uh, and that that takes uh, some proactive action as opposed to just waiting for patients to arrive. I think for the longer term, I've heard a lot of excitement about how telemedicine is the way of the future. And I agree that it's actually very helpful for older adults with mobility impairments. But I'm concerned that we are building in uh, new disparities uh, that we haven't, I haven't heard, I know that the study, just anecdotally, I've heard that my study has given some people pause in how they've been planning their uh, telemedicine in the future, that they are starting to recognize that they can't have just telemedicine. They will also need to have other services to make sure that people don't go missing. Uh, so I, I really hope that the, the analogy that I've been thinking of a lot is that, uh, you know, when you build medical facilities, there are rules where you have to build ramps and elevators to make sure people can get in. And, you know, it's great that we are making medical care virtual now, but we really need to make sure that we've got the right laws and policies and thought around what those ramps and elevators now look like. because. Uh, you know, worst comes to worst, we build a system that when we get old ourselves, starts to push us to the margins. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just concerned that we're, we aren't doing this as thoughtfully as we could, especially because a lot of groups have thought long and hard about possible solutions for some of these disabilities. Dr. Ken Lamb, thank you for adding to this important discussion around telemedicine. If someone wanted to learn more about this study or other work that you do, where can they go? Um, they can follow me on Twitter. I'm working still on uh, assembling resources. Uh, Annals of Internal Medicine just put out an editorial by uh, Carrie Newman, I believe, uh, describing some strategies on how you can overcome hearing impairments uh, with uh, a little bit of talk also about cognitive and visual impairments. And I think that's the first uh, resource that I've seen to date published in medical literature. Uh, I will also boost other groups. Uh, I know that uh, hearing loss societies and local seniors organizations have also been trying to tackle this on the ground, and I just wanted to applaud their work because that that is really the work that is you know fixing this last mile problem to to get access to to our seniors in need. Uh, so um, all of those um, would be helpful resources, and I know that because there's this has garnered so much interest on continuing to assemble resources and speak to people to see what we can do about it as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the Hospital Finance Podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest, drop us a line at update at Bessler.com. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.